and you've opened that place inside your heart, maybe it's the darkest place and you're saying, God, just come in and clean this up in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you what, the power of God is coming in and is making all things new right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you say this? Say, Jesus, come touch me deeply today in Jesus' name. Father, we bless you. We give you honor and praise. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you rule and reign and all power and majesty belong to you, Father. You've snatched the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from the devil. And you raised again on the third day victorious, Lord God, to give us the victory. In the name of Jesus, death couldn't hold you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. We bless you. Come, Holy Spirit. Have your way in us and through us today. He'll save and deliver. Do your work. That's what you do. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I promise you, your life is never going to be the same after today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow, praise God. Aren't y'all glad y'all come to church already? Hey, and we're not done yet. Praise God. I tell you, I say it all the time. There's no place I'd rather be, right? I mean, the devil tries to come up against us. I know he tries to come up against you. But let me tell you what. Once I get here, I'm like, this. there's no place I'd rather be than right here on Sunday morning. Amen. And also, you can be here on Wednesday night. You can be here on Thursday morning. Amen. If you feel led, you can come help us on every other Friday night, which is going to be 180 this Friday night. Amen. Our, our, our student ministry. Let me tell you what, the power of God just been rocking our students. Y'all better watch out. I'm telling you, they're on fire. Amen. And they're on fire with the presence of God. Amen. Their lives are being changed drastically by the power of God. Amen. Glory to God. Well, sit down if you can. I have the awesome opportunity of receiving the tithe and offering into the kingdom of God. Amen. That's a time to get excited. We get to sow. We get to partner with God. But before I forget, we have, there's all kinds of ways you can give. There's, it's right there. Uh, but I have a couple announcements. I would like for everybody, this is the only time we're going to let you get your phone out. Make sure you check in on social media. Amen. Check in. Let people know what's going on here. The power of God's moving here. The word of God is going forth boldly with all confidence and clarity of speech. We're not holding back. Amen. We're not giving in to, to social things. That's all I'm going to say about that. Amen. So you want to check in. And also, on the 24th of this month, it's this month, right? Yeah. The 24th of this month, we're going to be having a men's meeting right here. Uh, from 10 a.m. to 12, and here's what I want you to do, too. Oh, hello. I hear myself down there. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. You can go on your app store or whatever version of phone you're using, and I want you to get uh, the church planner app. 
okay? Church planner, it's real easy. Just search it, church planner, and you can go on there, and we need you to sign up for the men's meeting because we're going to have some food. We're going to have something. We would like to know how many people are going to be coming to the men's meeting. This is just going to be men, and we're just going to go for it. Is that going to be okay with y'all? We're just going to go for it. And, uh, and so, and if you don't have a smartphone or a phone, you know, that where you can do that, you can sign up in the lobby in the, at the red desk. Okay? Does that sound fun? Hey, we're going to have a great time. Amen? And I think that's all the announcements that I have to make. Uh, if we don't, we'll make, them, we'll make some more at the end. But anyway, I get to receive the offering into the kingdom of God. And I want you to go in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes uh, chapter number 11. They got it up there, so I'm going to read it. So verse number one says, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. How many of you ever heard uh, money called bread or some dough? How many of you said, you need some, I need some dough? I guess that was back in the 70s or 80s, but anyway. Cast your bread upon the waters, and after many days you will uh, you'll, you'll find out in many days. Give a serving to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be upon the earth. Now, when you cast your bread upon the waters, this is the way I heard it and it's the way I got revelation about it. When you cast your bread upon the waters, when people are, were traveling back in the ancient days, they would cast seed into the river or they would cast it into the water and that water would carry it downstream to where they were going and that seed would find its way upon the shoreline and whenever they got to that place where they were traveling to, they would have a harvest whenever you got there. Are y'all seeing the spiritual significance of this? See, I may not know why I'm sowing seed right now, but if you're not going to get any harvest if you don't get some seed in the ground. And you may not know when you're going to need a harvest, but God knows when you're going to need that harvest. Okay, because in Psalm 20, God never forgets a seed sown. Let's go to verse number 3. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall be. So this verse of Scripture, to me, the revelation that I get on it is that, that look, we don't know how this is going to work. We just know that when the cloud gets full, it's going to rain. In other words, it's a sure thing. If the tree falls, right there is where it's going to lie. Where you sow the seed is where you're going to reap the harvest. Is that right? Okay. Verse number four. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. And I want to stop right here. Because so many times we miss the moments we miss the moments that God gives us the opportunity to sow or to give. We miss the moments because why? We observe the circumstances and the things that are going on around us. And we miss the opportunity to sow into what God is doing. Last Sunday, Pastor was talking about, he said for us to get out some money so that we could see on the money that says, in God we trust. Is that right? Was that last Sunday? I think it was. And I took out a $20 bill out of my wallet. And I looked at that $20 bill. And immediately the Holy Spirit said, that's not your $20 bill anymore. I could have said, what? And looked at the circumstances. Now that was what was going to buy my lunch or our lunch, right? 
But no, the Holy Spirit said it wasn't mine. I looked, I turned around, I looked in the room, and I didn't feel like that it was anybody in the room. And so I put it back in my wallet. Okay? But listen, this is a true story. We left here, Nita and Mackenzie left here, and they saw a watermelon stand on the way home. And they said, why don't you stop and get us a watermelon on the way home? I said, I'll do that. I have some cash on me. And so I got to that watermelon stand, and I picked out a watermelon, one that I thought was going to be good and juicy. And I thought, I think I know how to pick watermelons, but this time I didn't. But anyway, I got there, and there was a young lady that was working the stand. She was working the stand by herself. I don't know if it was her stand or what. The watermelon was $3. Watermelon was $3, and I gave her the $20 bill that was not supposed to be mine. And she said, I don't have any change. And immediately said, that's who the $20 bill is for. You see, God will order your footsteps and give you moments to sow into God's kingdom. Amen. She said, I can't take that. I don't have that. That's too much. I said, no. I said, I can't keep it. God told me to give it to you. It's supposed to go to you. God told me in church. And so I even got to plant a seed about the goodness of God right there in that what? In that moment that I would have missed had I considered the circumstances that were going on around me. Amen. See, God gives us moments like that. And it feels so good. God makes it, man, I just felt so good about it. You know, we got home, cut that watermelon open, and it was terrible. <laughs> it was hard. I mean, it was, it was all rind. And you know what? I didn't even get mad about it. I was like, you know what? That was not my $20 bill. That was hers. And I was glad to get out of my hand because if I left it in my hand, I could only produce what it could produce. But if we put it in the hands of God, you know what? He can produce what he can produce with it. Amen. Father, we bless you and we honor you this morning. We receive the tithe and the offering into your kingdom. And Father, we know what we sow into, we grow into. And Father God, we thank you that we're growing into you and we're, we're learning to hear your voice and the voice of a stranger we will not follow. And we're going to sow where you tell us to sow. We're going to give when you tell us to give, Lord God. Help us be obedient to your word, Lord God. And Father God, we thank you that as we give according to your word in Luke 6, 38, that as we give, you'll cause it to come back to us, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You'll cause men to give unto our bosom, Lord God. We thank you, Father. I declare increase of finances of every tither and every giver here at Omega Church and in the body of Christ, Lord God. Father, you said that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. So, Father God, I thank you for the transference of wealth into the kingdom of God, into the people of God, into the righteousness of God. In the name of Jesus, we bless you and we honor you in Jesus' name. I want you all to watch this. It was about 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we're heading to work uh, like we normally do, no big thing. We experienced uh, car trouble. I had a light on the on the truck that we're driving and no throttle, like the truck ran out of gas. So we pulled over to the side of the road, uh, usually like to hit the grass just to play it safe. And uh, we're sitting there, I shut the truck off, tried it, and still nothing. Went to try it again, and when I did that, there was this big boom explosion.
all I could hear is the noise and stuff, and I'm asking myself, why, what? We didn't hear any breaks, um, nothing, there's no warning, it's just boom, and uh, Helen said that um, she was worried about me because she said I was just like a rag doll, and I don't remember that. I, me, I was holding on the steering wheel still. I thought we spun around like three or four times on impact, it just, because it was in park, not in drive, it just kind of kicked the truck and it rolled to the side. Didn't hear any brakes, nothing. Just the big boom, the explosion and stuff, you know. That's one sound I don't think I'm gonna forget for a while. I looked at Helen, she was okay, but she kept telling me there's a, a man's foot sitting out the window from the guy behind us and I could feel the glass and everything you know, all over the place. Next thing I know, people are running up to us. Guy grabs me by the neck, my window was down, and he said, don't move, don't move. I've had a back injury before, but nothing, it was fine. They kept trying to open the door and couldn't open the door. And I told him, look, I can move my toes, I'm fine. So I grabbed the door handle, opened the door for him. And they kept asking me if I was, I said, yeah, I'm fine, how's my wife? You know, because wouldn't, they wouldn't let me move anymore. And I kept thinking about the guy behind us, you know, what, what happened to him? They got Helen off, she was okay. and. Um, Helen was okay, and uh, for the most part, I was okay. It didn't really hit me until after they let me out of the truck. I turned around and looked at it and stuff, and I said, thank you, Jesus. I went looking for the guy, and uh, they told me he was on the ground. I kept thinking, oh my God, he's, he's dead. No, he was just had a broken ankle. I went over to him, and I kept asking if he was all right. He said, yeah. Prayed for him and his family, who finally showed up, and I told him that he was gonna be all right. I don't know if he understood what I was saying, you know, about the blood of Jesus, and that's what kept coming over, over and over and over. By the time the, the kids showed up, we were on our way to work. My main concern was Helen, she was fine. I knew I was okay. You know, made it through the day, no problems. Came into service that Sunday, you know, thank God, and uh, but, uh, fine. I mean, you know, my biggest concern obviously was for Helen. The guy kept holding on my neck. I told him, dude, I'm, I'm okay, I'm fine, really. And he said, no, 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 don't move, don't move. You know, you don't, you don't. And I said, no, trust me, I do know. I have, I had a bad back, you know, I, I, I understand all about that. I said, I, I can wiggle my toes, I can feel my feet. I said, I'm good, I'm good, trust me, I'm good. I kept telling him, I'm fine. He says, what about that guy? I kept telling him, what about the guy? And uh, I said, oh no, he's fine, he's on the ground. He was okay and stuff. He was pretty scared, you know. As bad as it was, you know, we had a few scratches, you know, uh, some bruising, nothing broken, you know, so it was good. And, because again, there was no brakes, and he just hit his full force. His truck is gone. I mean, the whole front end is, you know, just obliterated. But, uh, and all he had was, uh, again, just a broken ankle. I didn't ask his name or anything like that. I just I just kept asking if he was fine, and I told him, look, we're okay. His eyes were like this and stuff, and I don't know if it's because he was in shock or he couldn't believe that I wanted to pray for him, I don't know, but it was in me to, I, you know, to pray for him. Just kept on and on and stuff, you know, the blood of Jesus, and that he was gonna be fine and he was gonna be healed. They finally released us, and uh, we jumped in the car and off we went. That, that's the thing is, um, we, we don't take a prayer for granted, especially when when pastor prays at the end of service, God gives charges to angels to watch over us and that no harm come near us and stuff. That's really the most important part right there. Those are words of life, not just words. You want to stick it out to the end because 
if there's a blessing there, I want it. And especially this message now about planting seeds and stuff is to prepare us for things like this because we don't know what's going to happen. It's not like say, oh yeah, today, what's a, what's on the menu for day Oh, we're going to have an accident at 6 o'clock. Okay, no problem. No, you don't know. It's not like that. It just happens, you know. Even though they hit, he hit us, um, I don't know. It's just, that that did bother us. More worried about him, you know. How long first, you know, then, I mean. This year, we celebrate uh, we're going to celebrate 40 years of marriage. I figure, you know, the uh, the enemy wants to steal those things from you, but it's not going to happen, you know. And uh, uh, don't take for granted. I know some of you think, well, Pastor Ronnie, if you wouldn't preach so long, I wouldn't take that prayer for granted. But here's the thing. Sometimes you have to get up and teach the word of God to stir the spirit of faith in you. Did you hear what I just said? Now, it should be in you all the time. I get that. But most people don't practice that. Hello, Wall. <laughs> the whole idea is get you to learn to live like this. To live like this. To live like this. To live like this. To live. Jesus came to give you the life, listen carefully, that he deserved. Not the life you deserve which includes this kind of stuff. He knows how cruel the world system is. And Jesus came so that we would have life and have it more abundantly. So we're going to be hearing more and more stories like this. This is, I, I've been wanting to do this for a while and now we're, we're, we're starting to make it available to you and we're getting into a rhythm whereby we can make these stories available to you. And we wanted to catch it where people could view them on live stream as well. And we want to encourage you to share, 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 share the dickens out of it on social media. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? This is the time, this is a season for the church not to back up and be intimidated about what you believe. And if you really believe it, you're going to kick it into another gear and you're going to go ahead and share it. Okay? Our generation needs this. We've been talking about this for some time and I want to share some things with you. About seed, time, and harvest. In fact, the Bible tells us very plainly in the book of Genesis, as long as the earth remains, 
this law is in force. In fact, Jesus goes on into the New Testament and tells us in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and, and some in John in a different way. But he tells us these parables and he says, the kingdom of God is as if a man did this. He cast seed into the ground. And I think it's in chapter 13 of Matthew where he says, and this man that cast the seed in the ground rises, he goes to sleep at night, rises in the morning, and he doesn't know how this works, but he just knows that it works. Everything in this life, every single thing, I mean everything. You see, what we experienced, what you just heard about that testimony, there was a seed planted long before the enemy tried to do anything. Do you understand what we're talking about? And because of that, Herman and Helen reaped a harvest even through the negligence of somebody else. You follow that? And he says that in the Matthew chapter 13 that there would be, this guy would go to sleep after he's cast his seed in the ground. He rises up day and night and the seed grows, it germinates, it sprouts and it grows and it produces a harvest. But he don't even, he don't know how. He just knows it works. And Jesus said the kingdom of God operates like this. The whole purpose of why Jesus came, many people get this wrong, is that they think that heaven was the destination. The reason why Jesus came was to get heaven in you. Did you hear what I just said? Okay. The world looks at external things. In fact, the Bible puts it like this. I believe it was Paul put it like this. Man looks at the uh, outward appearance. What is the world focused on right now? Outward appearance. They're more concerned about the color of skin you got. And as long as you focus on that, you're not going to focus on what God's focused on. What God is focused on is he is focused on internal stuff. Things you cannot see. Because a seed into the ground operates in the ground before you ever see it. Sometimes weeks, sometimes months. And in one case, we've talked about throughout this teaching, even years. Because there's a Chinese bamboo tree which you plant it into the seed. You water it every day. Every day single day for four years. On the fifth year, when it breaks ground, it grows like 150 feet. And it seems like all of a sudden, Trey mentioned something a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night to me after service, and I'm going to use it here. God takes a long time to do suddenly. Okay? And it may seem like you're putting, because we're time conscious, God's not. Now, he put himself in time when he came here in the body of Jesus, don't, okay? He understands what we're dealing with. 
But he, he, he's, listen, everything that operates in the kingdom of heaven operates by a law and order that he set up. And it doesn't matter about this external stuff that the world is focused on. You've heard this saying, God doesn't look at the outward appearance. What does he look at? What does he look at? The heart. Everybody say heart. It's okay to say heart. Okay. He looks at the heart. Why is it? What's in that? What's in that heart? The heart is like the ground. What's in that heart? What kind of seeds in there? That's what I'm focused on. Because seed will produce after its kind. Okay? If you've got fleshly way of thinking, that's why he tells us to bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. Why? Because thoughts are seeds. And when a thought is a seed that you planted, how many of you had thoughts that came to you and then that kept coming to you until you finally believed it? Well, I got news for you. Whether you raise your hand, whether you acknowledge or not, it's happened. It happens every day in your life. What do you think? The news media keeps pounding certain things. Repeat and repeat. They want you to begin to believe a thought they're seeding you. Then you believe it, and then after you believe it, guess what you start doing? You start saying it. Now, the harvest of believing it is saying it. Are you following that? And we're going to look at the scripture in a minute. Jesus said, when you get to that point and you start saying it, it will happen in your life. That's why it's so important for the church right now in this generation to begin to have the right thoughts, the right believing, and the right saying so we can change the course of the atmosphere in our generation. Listen carefully. Many people are... <laughs> I know some of you are thinking, what are you talking about, Pastor? Everything in your life is a seed. Do you know that you yourself, your body is the product of a seed? Everything in your life is a seed. And over time, when that seed is planted, it comes back to being a harvest. Everything. It's a law that governs life. And the world tries to look at the color of the seed. And Jesus is looking at the product of the seed, not the color of it. Do you understand the difference of what we're talking about? He's looking at the heart. Your heart was created to be like the ground. Now, let me show you something. Many times, and, and I am so grateful. I want, to, I want you to encourage you, encourage you, encourage you. If you can't be here on Thursdays, you need to listen to the live stream. Go back and listen to it. Pastor, don't, Zona did something a few weeks ago, which I'm going to illustrate to you again because I know most of you missed it. 
In the book of James, don't turn there, but in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 25, says it like this. Whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty. Everybody say law. And forgets, not what he's looking at, but becomes a doer of that law. He will be blessed in what he does. King James says in his deed. That word deed means in doing, right? Now listen very carefully. I, t I told you a couple of weeks ago that Zona and I had just mowed our grass and we were sitting there one Saturday, Friday or Saturday afternoon after we'd mowed the grass, she'd help me, we'd cleaned it all up and we just sat out there and we looked at that, you know, with a glass, glass of ice water after you're sweating it out. Y'all know what I'm talking about right now? Anyway, and it just looked so beautiful and I said, God, I, I, I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't take it in enough. Zona finally went back into the house, and I, I, I just went back out there and sat. I just sat there with so amazing, because I got grass in July. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's just so beautiful. And oh, man, I went, this is like the garden of God. You know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I said, Lord, thank you for blessing us with this place. And you know what he told me? Now, listen very carefully to this. It's still got something to do with seed time harvest. He said, thank you for appreciating it and mowing the grass. Now, listen very carefully. Because this applies to your, it applies to your individual life. I'll, I'll tell you this story, and then you'll get, it'll help double up on this point. A preacher went to a farmer one time. For some reason, they were friends. I think he came to their church. And, uh, and he, he was invited there. And so he went there, and he looked, and he just looked at that farm, and it was so beautiful, and all the things that was growing and everything. And the preacher said to the farmer, God has really blessed you with this place. And the farmer turned and looked at him and made this statement. You should have seen it when God had it to himself. Now listen very carefully. This is what God originally planned in the Garden of Eden. God told Adam and Eve to till that ground. To dress it and keep it. God gave it to them so they could spread that garden all over the earth. Are you following that? Very important. Many people don't appreciate life. Therefore, they live sloppily. And until you receive Jesus, that is going to be your concept. You see, you never decided to be born. You didn't get to decide when, where, who your parents were. You didn't get to decide the color of your skin. You didn't get to decide any of those things and you were born. And I promise you this. 
your parents, when you were conceived, did not have you on their mind. They used the law of seed time, and it produced a harvest. You are special and unique in the eyes of God, created in his image and in his likeness. You've got to grasp that concept. As long as you think in modern education that you're nothing more than the scum that the sun hit on top of the lake and you evolved into the creature you are and you're no different than some kind of animal, then you will miss the respect of God creating you. And if you miss the respect of God creating you, you will never have self-respect. And you will waste this life. It's called negligence. That's why everything has to be pointed back toward God. He's the author and the finisher of your existence. And he used this law of seed, time, and harvest to get you here. And he used the law of seed, time, and harvest to get Jesus here so that you could recognize how much he values you. So that when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, he'll help you plow up the weeds and the thorns of ideas and concepts that have been falsely planted in you by the lies of the devil. You follow me? That's what this is all about. And you become, listen carefully, you become responsible. We have a whole society that thinks everything in their life is somebody else's responsibility. You become responsible. Now, what is responsibility? It's the ability to respond. What does that mean, the ability to respond? It means you have been freed to respond the way God created you to be. You're no longer trapped in the lies of the devil. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm about to get myself plumb happy here. Glory to God. You ain't a scum bucket. Now, why is that important? Because when you come to church, don't look at this as some kind of religious activity that you got to put your dues in and endure Pastor Ronnie. Come here with the expectation that I'm going to hear from God even if he does use somebody that I don't prefer he uses. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Zona did this. Remember the verse in James where he that looks into the perfect law of liberty. This is the law of liberty. The word of Almighty God contained in the Bible, personified in the person of Jesus Christ. That is the perfect law of liberty. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to liberate you. 
okay? Now, understand the, under, understanding these things, many times we look into a mirror. This is a mirror. I mean, y'all know what a mirror looks like, right? Y'all did look into it this morning, right? Okay. We look into the perfect law of liberty. We look into this mirror and it reflects back to us the way we are. Did you get that? But when you look into the law of liberty, it reflects back to you the way Jesus is. And, and all of a sudden, that's the image God has in, in, in his mind about you. And you look into it, and guess what? It makes you want to uh, uh, strive. And I don't mean strive as in, 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 in doing it yourself, but I mean to go after, to be like him. You want to go after to be like him. But, you know, when we come on Sunday morning, it's going to happen across, has been happening in past generations. I think we're waking up to it because God's spirit is moving and his words being performed. But in, in times past, many people would take this mirror. We get the Bible out on Sunday morning. We read a scripture, which we're going to read in just a minute. And we look out there and we look into that. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I see Jesse over there. I hope he gets this. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, David right in front of Oh, yes, David right in front of him. Are you following me? And when she did that a couple of weeks ago, I thought, oh, my goodness. I have been writing notes so I could preach to y'all. <laughs> Zona taught the ladies a number of years ago, and I'll never forget it, about taking this personally. That's what I want you to grasp. That's where we're going to go today in the next few minutes. And I'm not going to take too long. I'm going to take long enough. But we got to take this stuff personally. This applies to us. Quit pushing this off to somebody else. Quit bringing your family, saying, God, help them, help Pastor Ronnie do something or say something that will get them. Huh? Instead, come with anticipation and excitement so that God will talk to you. Are y'all following me? Now, with that thought in mind, I want you to listen because we're going to talk about, for the next couple of moments, we're going to talk about prayer seeds. Always remember this. When you pray, it's not religious activity. You are actually having a conversation with the one that created you. You're talking to him. And when you talk to him, 
He doesn't want you to put on a religious facade. He wants you to talk to him straight because he's already examining your heart. You know, there have been times that I've been aggravated and I told him I was. I'm not telling God, I'm, I'm, I'm upset right now. Do you know that didn't run him off? And it didn't make lightning bolts come off of his throne and strike me? Here's another question, because we've all been told this, or another phrase we've all been told. You're never supposed to ask God why. I always ask God why. You know why? Because nobody else can tell me why. If anybody can tell me the whys of life, it would be God. But we got to ask everybody else why, and they don't know why. And so, but we don't ask the person that knows why. You follow me? And preacher said, never, never question God. Never question God. Really? The disciples came to him and said, hey, we don't understand the parable. Can you please explain it? And he answered them. Are you following that? So it's very important that you grasp some understanding here. In the book of Mark, chapter number 11, and I want to read this to you starting with verse 22 through 24 because we're going to talk about prayer seats for just a few moments. Let me set the stage for you so you'll get up to par. Jesus is walking by a fig tree the day before. And the fig tree looks like it should have figs on it. He's hungry, goes over to the fig tree, doesn't have any figs. And so he, he curses the fig tree and commands it to dry up from the roots. Now, why did he do that? Because the fig tree was putting on a facade. You follow that? So he curses it. The next day they come by, the fig tree's dried up from the roots, and the disciples bring it to his attention, and Jesus responds this way in verse 22 out of the King James, and Jesus answering and saith unto them, have faith in God. And the margin of that, my, my Bible tells me that that could be translated, have the faith of God. Not human faith, but the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe the, those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now he's talking about the person that's doing the talking. Verse 24. This is where I want us to focus on. Therefore, that word therefore means because, because of this, law of faith, we can say it like that. I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, so when I pray, it's not religious activity. Now, listen very carefully. Every promise in the Bible, every promise of God, is a seed. Now you can take those seeds, keep them locked up in the package on your coffee table 
to look religious when people come over. Or you can open the package and begin to pull out the seeds. And the purpose of those seeds is to be planted. Why would you plant them? Because you're going to plant them and you know the law of seed, time, and harvest. You want a harvest in your life. What kind of harvest? A harvest that's not based upon your opinions or the opinions of others. You want a harvest based upon the promises of God. Everybody with that? Now, let's talk about this just a moment, verse 24. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Let's get a couple of words or a few words. There's three words that I want to give definition to here in these particular places. Number one is the word desire. Notice it didn't say whatsoever things you need. Now, a need can be a desire. You know, we got a desire that's born out of need. Okay, how many of you have a, a need to pay your, your bills? So I have a desire to pay my bills because I have a need. But I can have a desire that's not based on need. I just want it because I want it. I want to go hunting this year. I don't have to go hunting. I like hunting. You may not like hunting. Some of you look at yourself, why would you want to go hunting, Pastor Bonnie? Well, all of you politically correct generation, because I eat it. <laughs> By the way, you know where hamburger comes from, don't you? The grocery store. Anyway, I have a desire. I don't have to. So now I have a desire that's not based off of need. So he covers needs, but he goes into desire. This word desire, listen carefully. It means, listen, therefore, whatsoever things you desire, this word desire means to ask, require, or call for. Whatever I call for. Whatsoever things you call for. Or that I require to have a satisfied life in a certain area, I'm calling for that. Okay? So it, it does mean to ask, but ask with anticipation or a hope based upon a promise. Now listen very carefully to this. This is very, very, very important. Because God's people need to understand these moments, these seasons that we're in. This generation needs to have some of God's people that when they pray, they ask. But they're not begging. Okay? They're not pleading. What they're doing is they're asking based upon a promise. Every promise that God has ever said in the Bible was based upon his desire to fulfill it in your life. In other words, let me put it another way. God's promises were here before I, I was. So which came first, Ronnie or the promise? 
the promise. Why did the promise come first? Because he knew Ronnie would need it. And I want this to happen in your life. So God is saying, I want these seeds to be harvested in your life. That's why I'm making them a promise. And I want them to become your seed. So we ask in prayer. In fact, one place it puts it to require. I'm requiring it based off of what? What you promised. Did you get that? Why? I know that I need healing. Okay. Because how many of you ever been sick? You don't raise your hand, then I got news for you. You were sick and didn't even know it. We've all had fight sickness in this life. It is a need to be healed. It is God's desire that you be healed. Now, I am requiring healing based upon the seed of your promise that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I, I'm requiring that. Everybody say requiring it. You see, the devil doesn't want God's people to think that they could even receive from God. They think they have to beg and plead. No, we're requiring it in this life based upon a promise that preceded us even existing. Now, it's very important. It's a seed. So, the next word that I want to look at, he said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, and that means to, 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 you're asking or requiring it, you're calling for that desire, it also is the, is the word believe. Now, listen very carefully to the word believe. The, the word believe here means that you put trust in. Or you think to be true. When you believe something, you're holding whatever you've been told to be the truth. Now you're basing your whole, your whole life up on a statement you hold to be true. Are you following that? Now with that, that, that thinking, how many of you have ever been lied to? And you based your whole, your whole, uh, uh, your whole situation upon that lie, and you held it to be true, and it turned out to be false. How many times have have we been promised by politicians and leaders and everybody else and their brother, huh? And it turned out not to be true. The only one, the Bible says, let God be true, and let every man be a liar. Let God be true. So what God said is the truth. And you've got to make up your mind on that. I can't make that up for you. Because only you can decide what you believe. But this word believe also means to commit. You've got to commit. Everybody say commit. You see, I can give, God can give you seed, but seed uncommitted does not produce a harvest. A farmer must take the seed and commit it into the ground. 
This is how you know when it's planted in your heart, when you're committed to it. As long as you're not committed to that seed, guess what? It cannot produce a harvest. Now, this is very, very important because I've seen many Christians throughout, through, through, through the years, through decades actually, that, that come and hear the Word of God and use the mirror, okay? Always remember this. They use the mirror to push somebody else and God's talking to them about their own life and they're not committed to it. That's why you have two people in the same auditorium. One could have been around here for a long time. Well, I know all about that faith stuff, Pastor Ron. I know all about that. You've been preaching that for years. I get it, I get it, I get it. And so we talk about, we're going to talk about seed faith today. And guess what? You automatically turn it off because you already know all about it. But you haven't committed it. And always remember this. God will always make you do what he told you to do if you're going to get his results. In other words, God won't do what he told you to do. And he ain't trying to get you to do what only he can do. What he wants you to do is commit to it. You've got to commit that seed. As long as you hold it as an option, well, you know, I don't know, I don't know, then you're not committed to it. You don't really believe it. When you believe it, you're committed. And a lot of times, God's people don't want to commit to it because the spirit of fear, the spirit of doubt is a hold of them and say, well, if I commit to it, what if it doesn't happen? I'll look like a fool. You look like a fool anyway. You're worried about what the, everybody's opinion is about you until you won't commit to it. You got to commit it. And this is how you know when you're committed. You say it now because you believe it. Now listen to this. The next word is the word receive. Therefore, whatsoever you uh, desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. The word receive here means to lay hold of. To take in order to carry away. I, I want to take that promise. I lay hold of it because I'm going to carry it away. It's going to become a fulfillment in my life. To take hold or to take what is one's own. Now, a number of years ago, I preached a sermon. Have you just been told or are you sold? You know, the other day, and thank you, Jesus, I'm getting a new truck, for me anyway, okay? And I found a truck that I've been, you know, looking, eyeing, talking about for a while, and I found it. You know what? I, I drove up to the parking lot, and I had no intentions of going away owning it. But the salesman came out there to tell me about it. There have been many times I've driven off that, uh, off, off, off a lot, and I never owned a truck. But I was told all about them. 
Do you know to own that truck, I had to commit to it? Are you, are you grabbing that? I had to commit to it. I had to sign the paper and put my name on it. Guess what? I'm going to take possession because I made a commitment. And it becomes mine. And I'm going to, I'm going to drive it off. That's how you receive. But you got to believe before you can receive. If you don't believe, you'll never receive. A farmer, guess what he does? He commits the seed into the ground so he can take ownership of the harvest. You will never, talking about watermelons, Trey, you're going to have a crop of watermelons coming. <laughs> talking, about, talking about watermelons. Let's take watermelons, for example. You can like watermelons. Oh, they're good. They're good. They're good. I wish somebody give me a watermelon. I wish somebody give me a watermelon. All you have to do is get a seed. And nobody had to give you anything. Are you, are you understanding that? The farmer commits that seed of a watermelon into the ground, so he can take possession of watermelons. If there's no commitment, he ain't going to own a watermelon crop. Well, 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 what if it doesn't work? Are you kidding me? As sure as I'm standing here, if you put a watermelon seed into the ground, it's going to sprout. Because the seed will not lie. The devil has lied to us and made us think that it ain't going to happen. After all, you never know what God's going to do. It's never been a question about what God's going to do. It's about what us squirrely humans are going to do. Are we going to use this law of seed, time, and harvest? Or are we just going to sit there in our rocket chair, I wish I had a watermelon. It means to carry off, to take what is one's own, to take one's self to make on a one own it. It really means to take possession of, or we could put it another way, to gather it. To gather it. So let me, let me put this in, in a synopsis, and, and, and then I want to read it one more time out of the Passion Translation. And I'm going to just concentrate on verse number 34. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things that you ask or you desire or you require, you're calling for when you pray. And prayer's part of, prayer's part of that. Prayer's calling for it too. Okay. Believe, commit to it, Believe that, that you receive them. It says, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When do we believe that we receive it? When we pray. That's when you put it in the ground. 
When you believe it, you're putting it in the ground. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you see a big watermelon when you plant the seed? No. All you see is the ground. You don't see a watermelon. All you saw was this little bitty seed. You don't see it. It took some time for it to germinate. It took some time to sprout and grow up. But guess what? It transforms a life. Now listen very, very carefully to this. I've made some st statements through the years. I, I, I pray to God people will grasp. When we come to Jesus, our life has had this law operating in it of seed, time, and harvest. Your, our lives didn't get messed up overnight. Wow. How many of you started from a baby and says, I'm going to mess up my life? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. So it took a process of time, and you harvested it, sowed seed, harvested it, and they were all negative seeds. Sometimes it's through negligence. Negligence still has this law in operation. That's how come you just neglect a, a, a piece of ground, and it'll grow weeds and cuckleburrs and Thorn bushes and everything else. All you got to do is just neglect it. Just negligence. Did you know that the scripture says in the book, uh, in the New Testament, it says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You cannot neglect it. You can't push this off over on somebody else and say, my life is a mess because somebody else did it. My mama, my daddy, my ancestors. Oh, by the way, it's all of you that are different color than I am. Because I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. You see, that's not being, that's bound to the lies of the devil. And you're condemned to stay there until you recognize that Jesus came to set you free so you can be able to respond to life with this law. And change the harvest you've been getting. It's time to take this law personally. It's time to begin to operate it. By the way, I am going to say this to you. If we perceive the real season that we're in, God promised in the last days that he was going to pour out of his spirit. Now listen very, upon all flesh. Now listen very carefully. He didn't say all flesh would receive it. He said he's going to pour it out on all flesh. But guess what happens when God starts pouring out the rain? Haven't you noticed it lately? When he starts pouring out the rain... From his presence, guess what? Seeds pop up. They start growing. 
And in the book of Joel, where he made that statement, he said, I promise you this in the last days, I'm going to give you the former rain and the latter rain all in one month, and these seeds are going to come up like crazy. They're going to pop up everywhere. They're going to spread out everywhere. And if you've been sowing the wrong seed, guess what's going to happen? God's going to pour out of his spirit, and it's going to manifest quickly what you've been sowing. If you've been sowing the word of God, God's going to pour out of his spirit upon it, and guess what? It's going to pop up quickly. It's no longer going to take the five years. Do you understand? We're living in a moment where God is cutting time short. In righteousness. Glory to God. I can't help it. Stand to your feet. Glory to Jesus. Understand and perceive the rainy season. This is the rainy season for our generation. God's Spirit is moving. His word is being performed. Don't you be, listen to me. I want to say this to you, believer. If you're going to be a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ and believe his word, then believe it. Don't believe the news media. Listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. Get your mind off of all the junk it's all a sidetrack of the devil to get you to sow the wrong kind of seed. Because those seeds, every seed is going to sprout up and manifest of what it really is. That's called the judgment of God. And it's loosed in our generation. It applies to your individual life. Quit looking to the government Quit looking to the opinions of others and start seeking God. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Why did he say that? Because it indicates there's coming a time where you can't seek God and find him. Not because he's not available. It's because you have been blinded by the wrong kind of seed. Glory to God. You say, Pastor Ronnie, why are you preaching? Like, this is something that needs to be broadcast. This is something that needs to be emphasized. This is no longer a time to stay neutral. If you're neutral, guess what? It's if you are God's enemy. This is what he said. He said, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. This is not the time to play like that. You hear me by live stream. God is talking to his people, but some of God's people are more interested in what NBC, CBS, and ABC says that's shown to be fake news. God doesn't produce any fake news. It's always been the truth. If you're believing those lies, you're going to succumb to it, and you're going to be filled with doubt, fear, and unbelief. And then when it comes time where God calls upon you to sow the righteous seed that he's made available to you, you're going to doubt it. 
You say, well, now what if I say that? What if I commit to it and it doesn't happen? What if you commit to ABC, CBS, and NBC and it doesn't happen? What you're doing is you're just going along with the crowd. And yet you're not valuing your individual relationship with Jesus. God's looking at the heart. What kind of seeds are in there? Glory to God. Thank God for repentance. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. Lord, we're including everybody in this room, everybody that's viewing by live stream, or will view. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you're talking to us. You're talking to us about commitment. Commit to the seed. Lord, we take, we're going to take ownership. We're going to take possession of your promises. These are the seeds you want us to plant. You're not finished with me. You're not finished with my family. You're not finished with this country. You're not finished with this city. You're not finished with the church. You're going to pour out of your spirit and make these seeds produce. Glory to God. Thank you for giving us the privilege to live in this time. Glory be to God. Now, Father, if there's anyone here right now that by your spirit you're convicting and you're drawing them by your spirit not to condemn but so that they can repent, change the seed. Father, I thank you right now for your love and your mercy and your grace. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I want you to bow your heads right now. Make sure your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Not because I, 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 I don't want you to look around. It's because I don't want you to get sidetracked by what somebody else does or doesn't do. I want you to personalize this right now. If God's leading you right now and drawing you by a spirit about repenting over something, I want you to put your hand up. It's a commitment. Just put your hand up. Glory be to God. Yes. Glory be to Jesus. Yes. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, we thank you. You see those hands that are raised. And they've done it, Father God. They're moving towards you. You said if we would take a step towards you, you'd take a step toward us. They took the first step by acknowledging your dealing with them. Father, I thank you that you help them to go through the next step of releasing and, and, and recognizing that, that seed that you want dug up. Help them to turn away from it and to turn towards your promise and replace that seed with the promise of your word. Help them to follow through in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know that repentance is not just feeling sorry, but it's the following through of commitment. 
Lord, I thank you right now for your influence, your grace to help them to follow through with this turnaround and get the right seed in the ground in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now when I pray, take this personally. Father, I thank you right now. We're getting ready to dismiss and go from this place. We thank you that your grace would surround us like a shield. Follow us everywhere we go. And that we would hear your voice and the voice of another we will not follow. Say that with me out loud. I will hear your voice and the voice of another I will not follow. Now, Father, I thank you right now. You have given your angels charge over us to watch over our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us your all-powerful name, the name of Jesus to use. We invoke that name right now and we declare in the name of Jesus. Say that with me. I declare in the name of Jesus there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Now, Father, we thank you right now that you fill us all full of your love, just overflowing with your love. That everywhere we go in our daily lives, every person we come in contact with, your love just oozes out and touches them with your love. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us live in this time. In Jesus' name.